0: Welcome to Season 2 of the Connect FCS Ed Podcast. Each episode is geared towards recruiting, supporting, and retaining past, current, and future professional family and consumer sciences educators. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and I want to boldly celebrate families and careers with you. Hi, and welcome back to the Connect FCS Ed Podcast. I am your host, Barb Scully. My friends, we are in the final countdown we are in that six week lull of spring break has finished and now we have a lot of state testings along with just the excitement that is building up towards that graduation and what a fun experience that is but in the meantime You keep on trekking through because you can. This year has been a hard year, but you have done an amazing job. And keep pushing yourself through. Some days are a lot easier than others. Plan. Plan again. And sometimes even throw yourself a bone and put on a show. I I have to admit, I did that the other day where I had planned all of these amazing lessons. And then all of a sudden that morning of, I'm like, you know what? I looked at my students and I was like, they need a break. We have been really diving deep into a lot of different architecture designs. And I could just tell that they were kind of burnt out. So I'm like, you know what? We're going to watch like Tiny House, uh, Tiny Home Nation. Or the home edit. I I can't remember exactly which one we did. But that gave them the fuel. Just that little bit of reprieve. To spark more conversations for the next day. And it gave me that sense of relief. Of going, you know what? I know my students best. I have their best interests in mind. Sometimes... You have to cater to their personal needs before you can assess, really, and deliver that content. So always trust your educator sense. You know what's best for you and your classroom and your students. So that's my little FCS tip for you going into this fun conversation, this episode. So going into today's conversation, I have Brianna Castro, who's going to join us. But I must give you a little bit of advancement on this. We recorded this back in the early fall of 2021. For whatever reason, our audio was not working like it should. So I have been sitting on this amazing conversation all school year, and yes, I have felt bad about not being able to release it, but I have been working tirelessly trying to improve the audio, and I have sent it out, and it's been sent back to me, and we are just not able to pick up the treble the way that it needs to so the our voices are a little bit muffled you can still understand our conversations but the sound quality is just not the greatest and oh my gosh and as a person who likes to always produce the best work that is my my own my own uh, pet peeve that I have on myself. When I when I produce something, I want it to be the best quality that I can do. And I'm just so sorry that this conversation is not the best quality that I have been able to do for you. I'm learning. As we all have learned, we fail forward. But the the moral of that is that We're moving forward every day. We're becoming a little bit better than we were yesterday. So with Brianna's amazing interview, you are going to have to kind of turn up your volume just a little bit and maybe not have any distractions around you because she shares some amazing things about FCCLA different strategies when it comes to competitive, competitive events, star events, and growing your own chapter. She shares a lot of insight and just wisdom across the board. So a little bit about Brianna. Brianna Castro, she is the National Vice President of Development. She hails from the great state of Washington. Brianna has been an active member of FCCLA for five years. She has held several chapter and state office positions, including Washington State Vice President of Programs, State Vice President of Recognition, and has served two terms as a State Vice President of Region 8. Aside from FCCLA, she is a link crew leader, senior class officer, National Forensic League competitor, and an active member in natural helpers and other community service-based organizations. She also enjoys trying out different sports and has been a member of her high school wrestling and varsity swim team. After high school, Brianna aspires to pursue a career in the medical field. She plans to spend a couple of years traveling the world to places that are underfunded and in high need of medical services. Brianna is an amazing human being, and I consider myself privileged as well as I'm a fangirl of this girl because she was, I know her from a different element in that she was one of my students. She took one of my interior design classes, and she is an amazing individual. She is kind. She is nurturing. She is helpful, and she is a dynamic leader, and my goodness, this girl is going to go far in life, and as a teacher, just like you, it is so amazing to be able to sit on the sidelines and just watch her, watch all of our students, take off and soar. So I do not want you to miss out on this incredible interview. So without further ado, I have a really special guest. I know all of my guests are really special, but this is just really near and dear, very close to my heart. Uh, Today with me, I have Miss Brianna Castro, who is the National FCCLA Vice President of Development, and Brianna is actually one of my former students. Uh, She was in my interior design classes, and just i'm i'm thrilled and excited to be able to share her journey through being part of fccla's journey and to now being the new vice president so brianna thank you so much for joining today and yes please share what is make it count hi i am so happy
1: to be here today. I have been looking forward to this podcast for a while now. And Make It Count is this year's, uh, you could say, theme. It's FCCLA's way to say and to communicate to its members that whatever they do in their family and the careers, communities, to Make It Count, wherever it may be, whether it be a can drive or learning what a specific career does, to make it count in their lives. And honestly, this year has been very wild with uh, us coming out of COVID, and it's been something that our nation, our world has been impacted by. So this year's theme really aims to encourage members that uh, hardships have passed and hardships may come along the way, but anything that they do to make sure it counts to them.
0: Oh, I love that. Let's give our listeners just a little bit of a history timeline. So you have, you are now a senior this year. Crazy. I think uh, you were in my class your
1: sophomore year. Is that right? Yes.
0: You were in my interior design class your, your sophomore year.
1: I love taking young consumer science courses. I think they're very interesting, even though I'm not, Pursuing a career in interior design, it's really important to know um, because I'm, I'm going to buy a house someday and uh, knowing like the colors that I remember something very specifically and vividly that I still use in my life today is like colors and what do they mean? Uh, how do they make you feel? So now, whenever I see my red blazer, like I know why I'm feeling empowered and I know why it's really those emotions that you feel. <laughs> Um, but also, it has really impacted the way I see the world in those small ways. So I think that any student who had a chance to take human consumer science courses, to so go ahead and take the class because it's much more valuable than they might think so. They might think it is. Maybe. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And. Even if
0: you're not pursuing a career in interior design, I, that is okay. It's, classes are designed so that way you are going to be a positive contribution in society once your your formal education is completed. Uh, so that is, that's the best part about our classes. So yes, early childhood education and or human development, at some point we all interact with young children and babies. We need to take care of them properly. uh, Clothing design. We should, I know the art has gone away, but everybody should be able to know how to sew on like a button. Just those basics. How about like foods and nutrition and or culinary arts? We have to know how to feed ourselves. So our classes are essential. And just because you're not going to be going down the pathway of one of my classes doesn't mean <laughs> that it, it's not, it didn't influence your life in some sort of way. And so I'm excited. I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that, you know, you've taken the theory of color and have applied it in other ways.
1: Yes. And what I love about fccla is that it's intracurricular. So that means that all the programs and activities in fccla can be integrated into the uh, FCS classrooms. And I think that's very important because SCCLA and FCS have that strong connection. And I think that that's why students from that are pursuing any career can join SCCLA and are interested in joining SCCLA because of what you were just mentioning. Ian, or what you were just mentioning that uh, the skills that you learn through FCS are are applicable to your life. And not just your career uh, life itself.
0: Yep. Well, so tell me, what are you doing as vice president of development?
1: That is a question that I asked myself when I first got elected because it's not a position that, that you hear about a lot, especially at the state level. In FCCLA, you do not really here by Vice President of Development, but after I went through my training, I just came back from it. I learned that it's a really important position because you are looking for new partnerships and you are helping the organization financially and making sure that members have the opportunity to participate in them and I mean, it can be from creating partner contests. An example is the National Road Safety Foundation. They're one of the partners that we have, and they uh, they have a contest. It's called Save Brides, Save Lives, where members can create like a 25-second video about that year's theme, and they have the opportunity to win a cash prize. So there's things like that that um, encourage members to do projects and receive a prize scholarship in return. But then there are the other ways that partners help FCCLA. So expos where members can explore different career pathways and learn more about uh, different interests that they may not have may not know that they're interested in. And partners also help uh, members who might not have the financial means to go to conferences and to participate in FCCOA. So this position, Vice President of Development, has been very meaningful to me because I feel like I am helping students be able to experience the ultimate leadership experience, which is FCCOA's tagline. Uh, all the positions that uh, the National Executive Press has are very important and contribute to our organization in different ways. So I kind a lot of meaning in my position, and I'm ready to make this count with my position.
0: Oh, I love that you even put through in your slogan. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna make it count.
1: <laughs> yes, we've been we've been inserting it however we can and everything we can. Um, we did like uh, counting down the days to our national fall conference because we're making new out. So we, we have a lot of little puns and little phrases that we like to incorporate to make our theme catchy and to really reflect uh, what we're trying to communicate to our members.
0: That's fantastic.
1: So is that, is that a position that
0: is rolling over every year, where we're getting new student leadership every
1: single year? Yes. So every year at the National Leadership Conference, um, we have this very long process where there's national officer candidates uh, from across the nation, uh, from Washington all the way to Hawaii. We have candidates in Texas, Georgia. So everywhere around the nation, we have student leaders who are passionate about our organization. We have to go through this process of interviews. There's a, a nominating committee that, it analyzes each uh, candidate very, very clearly. So it's a process that happens at the National Asia Conference. And there is a National Executive Council uh, from the year, let's say from the 2020 to 2021 year, uh, which is the council that was just recently in their office. So they are preparing for the conference while the whole election process happens. And towards the end of the conference, the everyone from the nation votes. So each state has representatives, and they vote representing their state. So uh, the new national executive council is announced, and then they go through another process where they elect their positions. It's a process where they're put in a room and they elect each other. So what that means is that there is there are no outside voices and it's purely student-led in the way that it was only us 10 in the room. And we uh, designed this process where we chose who got what position. And then at the last day of the conference, there is this very beautiful ceremony where the past, let's say the past president uh, passes on their role to the new president and so on. So every year has the same position, but the process, the election process varies depending on what the council decides. So uh, that's what I really like, that it's purely student-led. So it really teaches you like, that process and how to uh, work with your team together. It was a Bonding experience, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, It was crazy, stressful at times, but very rewarding in the end. So I do have like we call them our big. So the past national vice president of development for 2020-2021, her name's Faith Honey Anderson, and she's from Wyoming. And then the past past national vice president was Bruce Hernandez. And she uh, was also a student at Juana High School. She just graduated this year. And so uh, with her guidance and with faith uh, guidance, I have been able to uh, really adopt and know what are the next steps? What can I do with this position? And how can I help the members? So it's Really whew, a lot to take in <laughs> if I'm gonna be honest. It's a whole different world sometimes. No, that's great because
0: you know anything that's worth having, you have to put in the effort. Yes. That's exactly what you and all of the national officers have done. You put in extra effort to make it <laughs>
1: <laughs> clever clever that was good yes right. hours and hours of studying there's essays resumes and we had to give a speech in front of it was a session anyone can come in and we have to give a speech in front of everybody so a little bit nerve-wracking because everybody had their sheets and they were writing down <laughs> you had to answer an impromptu questions in front of everyone so um yeah stressful at times but we worked very hard for it and It just feels like a dream come true. true. I mean, I'm so grateful that I can serve this organization.
0: Well, I'm thankful for your student leadership when it comes to this. So I'm curious, let's go back to what made you want to join FCCLA?
1: Yes, that's a question that I do get a lot. And at first, when people ask me that question, you're like, "Well, well, There was no magical potion that told me, hey, Gen XCLA. Uh, It was more something that came uh, little by little. So first, my middle school advisor invited me to join XCLA. She just told me about this amazing organization that uh, was all about leadership. And coming out of elementary, I already had my sights set on leadership. I was my elementary uh, elementary school's president, so I really want to continue that uh, journey with leadership and exploring. I never really knew what I was getting myself into, I thought it was like student leadership, which she was talking about, but no, soon I just continued and I just tried my hardest in whatever task she gave me. So, I uh, I remember her telling me one afternoon, like I see a lot of potential in you, and I can really see you growing through this organization. And that's when she told me about state office, and it felt like very overwhelming because it was my first year in state office. It's such a huge role. Uh, I was a seventh grader going into my eighth grade year, so I still ran regardless because I saw it as an opportunity. uh, just grow as a person, meet new people, travel. Travel was definitely an incentive that I wanted to take advantage of and I went to Nashville that year so um, yeah it was very exciting and because of the people I met is why I stayed in FCCLA. I feel like sometimes the question is why did you join but I think for me the question is why did I stay? I joined because my uh, middle school advisor convinced me to go to, to meetings and I was interested in leadership, but I stayed because of FCCLA and because of the friends I've made, the people that I've met, and the amazing places I've been able to go because of FCCLA. So I'm eternally just thankful that I've been able to. Be part of this and experience just amazing things that I was.
0: So, did you join FCCLA
1: your freshman year at Tijuana? Well, I, uh, I joined FCCLA my seventh grade year, and I was a state officer. I ran my seventh grade year so that I could serve as an eighth grader. And she wanted to not have a chapter until uh, when I was an eighth grader. And Teresa Hernandez, he was a freshman. So she started off that chapter in she ran up. And I remember my eighth grade year, I went over to talk to Mrs. Really, She's the Q1 advisor. And I got to meet her. And I told her, like, I want to run for state office again. What do you think? And I mean, props to Mrs. Really because she was really thrown into this. Um, I don't think she's ever had one year just being a chapter advisor every single year. Uh, she's had a state officer and um, it's crazy for her. But yeah, so I went over, I met her and we instantly clicked. And so I ran for state office again, my eighth grade going to my freshman year. So my freshman year, I was already a state officer. And so, collectively, I served four years as state officer. I served two terms as a state vice president of Region 8, and I served two other terms. Uh, One of them was state vice president of recognition, and the other one was a state vice president of programs. And then this last year was when I ran for national office. So, uh, ever since I joined FCCLA, I've been very involved and uh, very... Part of this organization, and if I could go to a conference, I would go for it. If I could go up to Olympia and advocate for FCCLA, FCS, and career and technical support organization to our legislators, of course, I would go. So I definitely took advantage of all the opportunities that were given.
0: Yes, you have taken every advantage, though. So, so thank you for that. Uh, that's, it's exciting to hear just your own, your own growth and development going through this process, being just part of the leadership teams and the state offices, uh, to now being on a level. So that's, that's really exciting, to, um, just to kind of sit back and see your journey take off and flourish really. So what is one of your most memorable star events that you've participated in?
1: Oh, that's hard to choose because each one of them has a unique aspect of it that was very either like a little traumatic embarrassing event that happened beforehand or there was something about the presentation that I really loved. Uh, so for example, I think the one that uh, right now I could say is my favorite was career investigation because I love my presentation and I thought I was very passionate about the career that I investigated. So uh, through that event, I was given the opportunity to explore more about what career I wanted to pursue and uh, talk to professionals. And I did a Zoom interview. I didn't I wasn't able to shadow them because it was during the COVID time, so that was hard. But another one that I participated in was National Programs in Action. FCCLA has eight different national programs, and you could choose a project and relate it to one of the national programs, and that way you can complete that star event. And that year, I did... uh, it was concerning cars and road safety, and I really love that presentation just because I did a lot of movement. Uh, I remember that the judges really loved my introduction. That's what I love about star events—the creativity that members are are can do in the presentation and in their star events. I mean, a lot of the boards you see walking down the. Star event hallway at conferences. You're just amazed. I always want to take pictures of all the presentations I see. The titles are so creative and funny. I remember seeing this food innovations uh, project. It was called New deserted It was a dessert new It. and food innovations is basically a star event where members are encouraged uh, to create their own formula based on a formula for food. A recipe uh, for a prompt that they're given. So there's like over 33 different star events members competing, and which I mean, it can be anything with their passions. I think there's a star event for anyone if they're interested in sports, there's sports nutrition, food, nutrition, and wellness. Uh, there's fashion. If they're more into advocacy, there's many different events for that. Uh, CCLA also offers different types of competitive events, such as skills demonstration events, which are more like I say in the moment. Events. So there's job interview, impromptu speaking, promote and publicize FCCLA, uh, teach and train. And we also have different competitive events, uh, which are more knowledge based. There's an FCCLA Life Knowledge Bowl. Uh, it's like a team event, it's a lot of fun to watch. It reminds me of Jeopardy, but I don't really watch a lot of Jeopardy, so they're not very similar, I think. And, but I think star events are a really good way for members to start their leadership growth and become involved in an anxious space. So, to any young person or anyone who has the opportunity to take an FCS class and has an FCCLA chapter in your school, I really encourage you guys to get started in star events. If youth leadership isn't really your vibe or it isn't really what you like, because youth leadership isn't for everyone, I mean, it's something that anyone can pursue and uh, I just think that some people prefer to do competitive events and have more of a passion for competitive events. And that's OK. I I highly support people who choose to go to competitive events. Drive. So
0: just my own personal experience. So if you and I'm not saying for you, Brianna, but mm-hmm. for the listener, if your school doesn't have a, a FCCLA chapter, it's easy to start one. Yes, I know. Anything you start that you have no knowledge on, it's overwhelming, but it is easy to start and find other teachers in your own community and reach out to them to find out what is it that they have done. And you get a sponsor, Uh, have, have another FCCLA chapter advisor as your mentor starting your new chapter. I know my dear friend who she has now moved over to North Carolina. So North Carolina is very fortunate to have her. But while she was still here in my community, she started the first FCCLA chapter for their high school at that time. And my own daughter, my oldest daughter, Aubrey, she, I, I forced her <laughs> I I didn't give her a a choice. She was kind of reluctant, but at the end of it, she was like, well, if I get to spend time with Mrs. Varland, it's fine. Um, So, but so Aubrey, she joined FCCLA and she didn't have a project. And I wasn't forcing her to have one or anything like that. They, she did um, everybody who was in their chapter, they did like a service project or event and that worked out great. And then Aubrey, because that was her first like introduction to this, uh, she she just uh, scored other people's projects. Uh, starting, okay. just kind of listened in. So there is there is a spot for anybody and everybody is kind of what I'm trying to say. Um, so get involved in LA because you're opening doors for future leaders. Tomorrow.
1: I think that when you first learn about FCCLA and you hear all these acronyms, it is overwhelming and it feels like a different world. Like what is CTSO, FCS, FCCLA, STAR events? STAR is actually an acronym as well. Students Taking Action with Recognition. So there are, our FCCLA is a very complex organization. It has so many different layers to it. Uh, It's hard to wrap your mind around it at first, but slowly, by like Mrs. Kelly was saying, reaching out to people, uh, to FCS educators around you is—they're very helpful and they have a lot of resources. And just going on Google and searching up whatever state you're from and FCCLA, uh, and contacting the people there, I know that state officers, if you contact them, they would 110% be willing to contact you with somebody who guides you and is close to you, like close to where you live uh, and help you step-by-step how to build your SCCO chapter and how to get involved in the different competitive events, how to fundraise to go to uh, a conference in Dallas or in Columbus. So there are so many different aspects about SCCLA that can be hard, but all that I can tell you is education. It's very rewarding in the end, and you will learn a lot from yourself, from this organization, and just know that there is someone out there who can help you and who is good. So don't hesitate to reach out.
0: We are here for you. Uh, Thank you so much, Brianna. This has been such a great conversation and helping others take action to make their story and make them. Well, thank you so much. This has been great. I know we are all going to be making FCCLA count this year. (laughs) That I, I love trying to figure out how I could sneak it in in every way that I can. I love it. Well, thank you, Brianna. This has been wonderful. I am looking forward to just watching your develop and that is exciting for me and everybody else who is on the sidelines. We're, we're all cheering and rooting on. And just thank you for taking a step forward in developing yourself in being a leader. So you are setting the example for students younger to follow suit. So that's really exciting.
1: There are countless of ways (laughs) (laughs) to make this year count. So whatever, even if you're lacking inspiration, send me a DM. I will contact everybody. I will send a group chat, text message, and find you a lot of inspiration to make this year count. As always, my friends,
0: we're better together. So let's continue leading student success with FCS. Barbara Scully from the Connect FCS Ed podcast presents a fresh take on recruitment and support for today's modern home economics educators in the family and consumer sciences FCS Classroom sharing insightful stories, strategies, and resources in a fun and sustainable and practical way. Each episode focuses on a different aspect of modern home economics. From community engagement, leadership, classroom management, to lessons and more, each episode brings a different perspective, offering expert professional development, interviews from a collaborative worldwide FCS community, with the hope that it will inspire and empower you to make informed decisions. Together, we are better at leading the way to student success with FCS.